0: It's the Christmas Eve tradition that may not be true to its name. Friends and family gather together on Christmas Eve in Italian households to have this large meal. And it was recently featured on The Bear, the series about the trials and tribulations of restaurant life. We're exploring the history and origins of the Feast of the Seven Fishes. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you haven't already, I would ask you to subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode when it's released, and all future episodes will be available without you having to search for them. If you can please take a minute and leave me a five-star review, I would greatly appreciate it. Reviews help others find the podcast and help me know that you're enjoying what I'm doing. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Seasons Eatings is also found on most socials. All the links can be found in the show notes, which can be found at SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com. And while you're there, you can buy me an eggnog. Just click on the little cup at the top of the page and leave a donation for as little as $3. Each donation is used for the running of the podcast and its general upkeep, so any help would be greatly appreciated. Finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for a future episode, or just say hello at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Many people have a large meal on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. For many of us, it's the traditional roast turkey and all the trimmings. For a while in England, it was roast beef and for some, a succulent ham. For Italian-Americans, the feast of the seven fishes, a nostalgia-fueled hours-long dinner, consisting of at least seven different types of seafood, is the defining Christmas Eve tradition. Firmly rooted in Italy's Roman Catholic background, the Festa di Seti Pesci is a delectable blend of the sacred and secular, the old world and the new. The Feast of the Seven Fishes may go hand-in-hand hand with Roman Catholicism, but it's not a religious feast day. There's no such thing as the Feast of the Seven Fishes in Roman Catholic calendar. In fact, in Roman Catholicism, A feast day has nothing to do with gorging yourself, and everything to do with reflecting on and celebrating an important aspect of the faith, often the life of a saint. Their tradition's name merely takes after the lay definition of a feast. That is, there's a lot of food on the table. In the Catholic liturgical calendar, there are special days of abstinence where followers are advised to avoid meat and days of fasting, where followers are advised to reduce their food intake, usually to just one meal a day. Before reforms were made in the 1960s, December 24th, what Roman Catholics called the Vigil of the Nativity of the Lord, was a day to fast and abstain, with worshippers generally allowed to break the fast in the evening. The Feast of the Seven Fishes, then, seems to be an obvious solution to the circumstances. You have a big, hungry Catholic Italian family that hasn't touched food all day. None of them are allowed to eat meat. What else is there but to prepare a giant evening meal of pasta and seafood? While the tradition of enjoying a large, meatless Christmas Eve meal was and remains common across Italy, as well as many other Roman Catholic dominated countries, the origins of the Feast of the Seven Fishes has its roots in the country's southern region. The area, which is surrounded by bountiful coastline, has been known for its seafood for generations. It's also historically poorer than the rest of the Italy, with locals preferring fish because of its relative affordability. In 1861, the regions of the Italian peninsula joined to form a single nation. The states of the south, what has been formerly been the kingdom of the two Sicilies would suffer for it. The new government began allocating most of its resources to nurturing the north, causing poverty and organized crime in the south, which were already problems to worsen. The situation plunged southern Italy into such poverty that approximately 4 million people from the region moved to America between 1880 and 1924 it's no surprise that those immigrants took the tradition of big fishy Christmas Eve dinners with them, making a popular Italian-American celebration today. The tradition of the Feast of the Seven Fishes stems from the 20th century Italian-American immigrants who, homesick for the land they left behind, combined classic Italian dishes with seafood. The sea was a representation of the connection between their home, country, and a new one. Those immigrants, however, probably didn't call it the Feast of the Seven Fishes. More likely, they called it some variant of la Cena della Vigilia, il Senone, la Vigilia di Natale, or simply la Vigilia. The current name of the feast and the practice of making exactly seven types of fish comes from the New World. As an Italian, I must admit I haven't heard about the Feast of the Seven Fishes, and most of my Italian friends haven't either. Katia Amore wrote in Italy magazine. Nobody knows where the Seven Fishes moniker came from. Many insist it's a religious symbol. The number seven, after all, appears hundreds of times in the Bible and is significant in the Roman Catholic Church. It may represent the seven sacraments or the seven virtues, or even the seven hills of Rome. Or perhaps it commemorates the day Christians believe God rested. Others say the number is just a good marketing tool used by restaurants. The first known mention is in the Philadelphia Inquirer in 1983. In Philadelphia, the Christmas Eve tradition of the Feast of the Seven Fishes, a massive seafood meal, is a well-known and oft-celebrated event for Italian-American families. But none when he was growing up in Brooklyn in the nineteen sixties and seventies, Blaise Tobiah never heard of it. So when he came to Philadelphia to work at Drexel University in the nineteen eighties, and folks started asking him how he, an Italian American with roots in western Sicily, celebrated the tradition, he was pretty confused. He said What? Tobia. Professor Emeritus of Art and Art History at Drexel's Antoinette Westphal College of Art, Media and Design says, and they said, well, how could you be an Italian-American and not know about the Seven Fishes dinner? Easy, Tobias says. It simply wasn't known in most of New York at the time, though it's increasingly celebrated by families and restaurants there today. And at least we know it, it's not a widespread tradition in Italy itself. Though there may be some traditions in some areas of the country, adds Tobiah, who has been involved with the America-Italy Society of Philadelphia for more than 30 years. We'll find out what is served at the Feast of the Seven Fishes after the break. hello this is todd killiam from the christmas clatter podcast what makes christmas special to you is it the movies or the music the food or family the gifts or decorations maybe those quiet moments of reflection whatever it is join me for christmas clatter a monthly podcast dedicated to everything that makes christmas special visit christmasclatter.com for all social media links and find christmas clatter podcast on all podcast apps thank you And remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day. Do you long for those casual Friday nights spent in on the couch, cuddled up with a blanket, maybe some delivery pizza without a care in the world? Then I have the podcast for you. Hey, I am Matt, and I am the host of TGI Podcast. As a product of the 1990s, I want to go back and take a look at all of the classic TGIF shows, as well as many other classic sitcoms from that era, to determine if they truly are a holiday classic. We've got you covered with Halloween and Thanksgiving in the fall before we go full steam ahead with Christmas in December. Come give us a listen if you want to take a trip down 90's Nostalgia Lane. Talk with 10 Italian-Americans about the special feast and you could come up with 10 different dinner menus plus a varying selection of fish, Gerald Etter wrote for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And that's the beauty of the feast. There's no hard, fast rules. Some people include as many as 12 or 13 dishes, including mussels in spaghetti, fried calamari, anchovy sardines, whiting with lemon, scungilli, lobster. Many insist on having eel. You can't have Christmas Eve without eel. John Tanaglia tells the Inquirer, some modern day Italian Americans have memories of their grandma butchering live eels in the kitchen sink. Another almost universal recommendation is bacala, which is a dried salted cod. But the most important ingredients, of course, are your friends and family. There are many other options for you to make this meal all your own, but it's best to start with your standards. Some should be enjoyed with pasta, where others are just enjoyed on their own. The first you'd like to try is baked clams. There's definitely must be a few snack-size, appetizer-type dishes in this feast, and baked clams are the ideal entry point to the seafood extravaganza. The debate rages on between chopped or whole clams as the best sea route to take here, but some insisting on the full briny bite of the whole clam, while others preferring the clam flavor to be spread throughout the buttery breadcrumbs. Next you have fried smelts. Larger smelts can be butterflied, with the flesh pulling easily off these tiny little fish bones, but the real joy is the tiny smelts that can be eaten whole, bones and all. These crispy little morsels burst in the fl- with the flavors of the sea. In a way they're like little fish flavored french fries perfectly salty pleasantly oily and deeply oceanic feel free to swap out smelt for sardines if you so choose next we have the bacala a salted cod type white fish bacala is about as close to a sacred as a holiday dish you can get it's traditionally prepared at first by soaking it in the kitchen sink for multiple nights leading up to Christmas Eve. This practice of reconstituting the dried fish puts out just enough of the saltiness to make it palatable, before it's either fried or sautéed with capers and onions. After that, you get the skangili. This conch, or in reality it's a giant sea snail, can be applied in multiple ways during your Feast of the Seven Fishes. The two most popular ways are in a chilled seafood salad with calamari, octopus, shrimp, and more, or as an ingredient in a bubbling cauldron of seafood sauce, which can be lovingly ladled over spaghetti or linguine. Just have plenty of crusty Italian bread on hand to mop up that wonderful sauce. Next, we have some mussels. For Italian families, a massive pot of mussels is as inextricably linked to Christmas as Santa Claus himself. Whether prepared as a part of a cioppino-style seafood stew, or delicately dressed with a light tomato sauce, or steamed with white wine, garlic, herbs, and butter, mussels can be a communal experience that perfectly encapsulated a loud, boisterous holiday dinner scene. After that, we'll have calamari. Another seafood touch point that can be enjoyed in a variety of delicious ways on Christmas Eve, calamari, or galamad, as it's pronounced in some families, consists of the rings and tentacles of squid. Use calamari either in a chilled seafood salad or fry it to a crispy perfection and serve with a side of marinara sauce for dipping. Either way, don't be afraid of the tentacles, arguably the best and most desired part of this seafood. And finally lobster, we've saved the best for last. The most decadent of all seafood options, lobster is regal enough to be the centerpiece for your feast of the seven fishes. The buttery and supple flesh can be enjoyed straight from the steamed shell. As part of the aforementioned cioppino style seafood stew, prepared as the classically pecan lobster fra diavolo or stuffed with a mix of breadcrumbs, spices, crab meat, and other ingredients for a truly indulgent take on the ultimate Christmas main course. Says Carla Lali, Music, BA Food Director, What counts as a must-have for this night at your house would be unthinkable at someone else's house. For example, we never serve lobster. But for a lot of Italians, it's not Christmas Eve without lobster or stuffed tails. That said, once a menu is set and your relatives are attached to it, you can probably never change anything or else the people revolt. Now, you've decided what seafood you're serving? So what's the typical menu for the Feast of the Seven Fishes? If you're planning on cooking the feast for the first time, there are a few guidelines to keep in mind. Lauren Fugere sous-chef at New York City's Hearth serves an annual seafood feast. Fujere talks through a typical feast at Hearth, and here are some tips for creating your own menu. First course, something snacky. You've got six more courses to go, so it's in your and your guests' best interest to pace yourselves. Don't go too heavy or rich. Serve a whipped bacalao or salt cod with grilled bread. Or have a succulent platter of barbecued clams. Second course, a bracing light salad. Now we're cooking. The cold seafood salad for the second course is the ideal way to move into the more substantial courses. You could have grilled squid on greens, served with a nice crisp vinaigrette. The third course something hearty, grilled, seared and meaty. Now, this is your chance to wow them with a stunner of a plate. Choose center-cut fillets of fish like cod, salmon, or bass, or else go with dramatic presentation. You could do head-on prawns over a smoky soup. To really play up the flavors, make it a composed dish with vegetables, beans, or legumes. Or you can accompany it with smoked chickpeas or caramelized onions and serve a nice Riesling with a crackling acidity can do wonders for a gently spiced dish. Now, the fourth course, of course, is pasta. Traditionally, spaghetti with clams. This is, this is an Italian menu, after all. Whatever seafood you pair with your noodles, build flavour with a pinch of pepper. Take a nice pepperoncino. Coax out the maximum flavour by toasting it in a hot pan with olive oil and garlic. The heat will build slowly, balancing out with the richness of the pasta and the salinity of the seafood. The fifth course, a hearty seafood stew. Even the heaviest course is fairly light. That's the virtue of an all-seafood menu. You could do a tomato-based cioppino-like stew. The sky, or actually the sea, is the limit when it comes to what fish is allowed in the stew, but you want to use something that won't fall apart once it gets uh, warmed through. So use octopus, the usual bivalves like clams or mussels, also something like a cod or a squid. And to create your own stew, use a flavorful broth or fish stock. The sixth course is the palate cleanser. Now palate cleansers aren't just for fancy tasting menus. You need a bracing citrusy course to separate the savory and the sweet. So think of a limoncello gelato or a grapefruit sorbetto. That would be perfect. And the seventh course, of course, is dessert. So cookies, cannoli, or a light dessert. The best desserts are ones that can be lingered over like a chocolate-dipped cake like rainbow cookie. Or you can throw in a few zeppole, an Italian fried donut covered with cinnamon sugar. Or something that you can have a nice conversation with. The great thing about this feast is that you see family traditions evolve to meet everyone's ideal version for the holidays. And even though we we may have to change some of those traditions or skip them altogether, we can still look back and see how much closer they bring us all together, no matter what holiday we celebrate. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And please, if you can leave a review about the show, so you can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you like the show. Suggestions for future episodes or just to say Hi. And I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this holiday season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Season's Eatings also has great items for you or your loved ones for the holiday season, So head on over to SeasonsEatings.com, click on the Merchandise tab, and find your next great gift. I'm your host, Glenn Warren. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there covering that topic. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at Christmas Podcasts, Dot com. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.